and gentlemen, the man from the fruit corner, he say yes! You could hear the horse feet pound as you raced across the ground. And the clatter of the wheels as they spun round and round. He galloped into Market Street, his bag upon his chest. His name was I'm Every Woman. He's all you need. Anything that you want done, baby. Welcome to my world. Alan, fancy a game of no, you go first. Yeah, you go first. No, 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 you go first. Oh, great fun, that game. <laughs> oh, the game of no, you go first. Well, I bought a lovely record this week. David Bowie sings the instrumentals. record. Well, we've got our lovely West Country Calypso painters and decorators in. Wet paint on the skirt in board. Knock it over and tread it into the carpet. Full <laughs> attention paid to the standard of the work. Sit around all day listening to Radio 1. And a lovely job they're doing too. <laughs> well, I kind of got to thinking the other day, which do I prefer, tea or coffee? I thought, well, yeah, that's a very common question. I thought to myself, well, let's make a list of the pros and cons of tea on the one hand, coffee on the other. Two very different things working as a team, highly effective. <laughs> well, I thought, well, look, they're both brown drinks, aren't they? They're both brown drinks, tea and coffee. Most drinks are brown, aren't they? Tea, coffee, beer, Pepsi, cola, they're all brown drinks. Mm? Tea tends to make me want to go to the toilet. Dirty boy, dirty boy, bad boy. <laughs> Coffee tends to keep me awake all night. Hmm? Tea comes in bags. Well, coffee comes in bags, but people don't tend to buy bags and coffee. Do they? They tend to buy instant coffee. Well, you can buy instant tea. You can buy instant tea. Yes, but people don't tend to buy instant tea. They tend to buy bags of, of tea and they make instant coffee. They make a pot of tea. Well, you can make a pot of coffee. You can make a pot of coffee. But people tend to make pots of coffee. They make one mug of instant coffee, a big pot of tea, two, three, four cups of tea, hmm? one mug of instant coffee. And I realised, basically, there are many differences between tea on the one hand, coffee on the other, and, and really it's up to you and what you prefer at, at any particular time. <laughs> of course, by then the waitress had moved on. <laughs> no, not again. What are the chances of that happening, eh? Oh, dear. Don't you just love joining in with records, eh? Isn't fun of joining in on records, I don't know. Hmm? I don't know what you're thinking, you're thinking, what's the best way to transport an owl? Well, well, you take your owl, barn or tawny, they're the main two, aren't they? Hmm? Hmm? The barn owl and the tawny owl. Hmm? Hmm? Two very different things working as a team. Hmm? Hmm? The barn owl with his big white face, little tawny owl, little brown face, but they get on fine, don't they? They get on fine. Hmm? Barn owl and tawny owl live together in perfect harmony. You take your owl, barn or tawny, you roll it in newspaper. Is that too easy for you? You roll it in newspaper, rubber band over the top, cut two holes for the eyes. So he can see, so he can enjoy the vista he's coming with you. He's 
coming with you, let him enjoy the vista. If you don't cut holes, his, his little head's spinning around looking for the holes. Mm, well, he has that facility. Yes, he has that facility, but don't wear it out. Mm? Well, a couple of jobs really caught my eye this week on the media pages of The Guardian. There's... There's one here. Cobblers are required for Melvin Bragg. Um, that's cobblers to Melvin Bragg. Um, there's, a, there's a... There's a footman here required at the Barbara Cartland livery stables um, for daily fixture of Barbara's horses, horse brasses. Um, she does look fantastic, Barbara Cartland, when she's got all her, her horse brasses on and, and she's got Mrs. Shan Kidd on her back riding side saddle. It's a, it's a wonderful sight. Another job here, corn feeder to Anne Diamond. Uh, you've seen these corn-fed Anne Diamonds, I'm sure, in the shops. You've got to have a strong stomach for this job. You stuff the corn down and she gets all bloated and yellow and, and she lays eggs of a slightly different flavour. And, and the last one... A pant warmer to Paul Gambaccini. Yes. Pant warmer to Paul Gambaccini. A lovely post. Um, must have own ornate shoehorn. And a budgie fits perfectly into the cardboard tube from a toilet roll. Oh, yeah. Cut two holes for the eyes that he might enjoy the journey. Well, what a show we got for you tonight with all me old mates, and if you've just... Look! Just get on with the flaming show, will ya? I recognise those tom-toms anywhere. It's Bert Quark! How your cockle-doodle doing, Bert? Listen, Harry, I want a percentage cut of all the fruit corner action. <laughs> You know I was in Tenko, don't you? Yes, Bert. Yeah, well, that was good for me, see? I was sensible enough to get a percentage cut of all the royalties. So, of course, when our album With the Tenko went into the Billboard Top 100 overnight, I just sat back, counted the dollars. Similarly, with all the Tenko merchandising. Tenko wigs, Tenko figures of all four of us, Tenko wallpaper, trays, key rings. There was even a Tenko burger. Nuts, cheese, and bologna served on a shaggy bun. That's the Beatles, Bert. Yeah, what did I say? Tenko. I've done it again, haven't I, Dad? <laughs> no matter. Now, you came to the fruit corner all those years ago, Bert, and a deal was struck. You would catch and rear a chicken, and said chicken would provide eggs. Have you caught your chicken, Bert? Uh, no, Harry, but I bought a lovely pair of aspergillus in Saxon. <laughs> hey, look at them, Harry, look. It's just like being on holiday. Hey, little hen, when, when, when will you lay me an egg for my tea? Hey, little hen, when, when, when will you try to supply one for me? Bird In a lovely pair of espadrilles. I do like the shoes in Saxon. <laughs> Remember when sellotape came out? Mm. Oh, smooth on one side, sticky on the other. Oh, the excitement. Mm. 
great big roles, weren't they, in the early days? Size of a cartwheel, you had to keep them in your spare room. Hmm? But gradually, as technology's come in, they've managed to shrink the size right down, haven't they? Hmm? They've got them right little tiny roles, now ideal for a kiddie's hand, hmm? or a lady. Hmm? She can carry that roll of sellotape without it spoiling the line of a tight-fitting skirt or body. <laughs> Does your tummy button stick out? Weird looking, isn't it? How does that happen then? Is it something in the way they're tied off or something? I had a girlfriend once whose tummy button stuck out. Put me off, I can tell you. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth with those big playing cards. Listen, Bruce, if you're short-sighted, get glasses. Don't just... <laughs> don't just have everything made big. Hmm? Well, what a show we got for you tonight. We've got Alan here who... What is it you do exactly? Me? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I sort of chip in with ideas. Just chip in with ideas and that? Well, you know, uh, you go first. There's no time for playing games, Alan. <laughs> I do like the closing burdens. Don't try and sidetrack me. I'm not prepared to just sit here and support your elaborate lifestyle. No, please don't take away my belts. I'm not going to touch your collection of elaborate belts from the high street clothing stores. <laughs> a leather embossed belt with celebration Germain Greer buckle. <laughs> Snake belt with Dr. Rhodes' Boyce and sideburn attachments. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful belt. No, man. no, your Louise Botting crazy leatherette belt with money box is safe. But, but Alan, I'm going to give you some chores. We paint shut all the window frames. Two, Two years, years later and we still haven't finished. Quiet there. <laughs> Alan, I want you to brush the badges down and get them looking fit for the badger parade. Hmm? And can you please arrange all the woodland folk in alphabetical order ready for inspection? Oh, do I have to? Mm. Uh, can we make cheeseburgers? No, we couldn't. We had cheeseburgers yesterday. Go to it. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's a very slow start to the show this week. I do apologise. As I say, we have got a show here. We've got 82-year-old Grim Reprogram, Nana Hill. <laughs> and, of course, he's three years old. He's half garden bird, adopted from the word go. Little tiny Alan Hill. And due to a lovely beef supper eaten prior to the new government guidelines since 1989, still only able to communicate by tapping. Little Aaron Goose, tip, tip, tip. That's one tap for yes. Tip, tip, tip. Two taps for no. Tip, tip, tip. And a little bit of Babylon Zoo to imply a love of sellotape. <laughs> Poor little Alan. He's useless, isn't he? <laughs> if only we could find him a role in society. Well, why not set up the Allen Hill Trust? It worked for Prince Charles. That's it, Bert. Yes, the Allen Hill Trust. Genesis, the three degrees, walk around the inner city for 20 minutes. We give certificates to young people. We give certificates to young people. Bang on and on about the awful state of modern architecture. <laughs> The Allen Hill Trust. Yes, we send him round factories and get him photographed wearing a hard hat. The factories are ready! How can they be ready? You've only been grooming them for a couple of minutes. Well, I'm very quick. In that case, let the parade commence. Prison Badgers! Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. No, stop that. Just a second. Just stop that. These badges have hardly been touched. <laughs> Gareth Southgate Badger shouldn't have a side parting. <laughs> Greg Proops Badger should not be wearing wet gel. 
Helen Reddy, the badger, has got two legs down one pant. Tasman Archer badger has got a V-neck sweater on back to front. I've never seen such a selection of poorly turned out badgers. <laughs> You're rushing it, Alan. Take them back from the parade arena, back to the grooming bays. Or do I have to? Yes, you do. Come on, you lot. I said he hadn't been far enough. <laughs> I know, look at my snout, not even properly combed. <laughs> They were badgers. <laughs> they've got a new, well, I don't know if you've heard, they've got a new Jamaican bloke working on the bells in Big Ben. Same with the bridge stick, isn't it? When they first came out, great big thing, had to keep it in the garage. Hmm? But now they've got the size right down, and they've got little tiny bridge sticks now. A lady can carry that without it spoiling the line of a tight-fitting cagoul. Or poncho. Um, Mr. Allen, uh, I've started grooming the badgers for you, and I've run out of hairspray. Huh? Should I go down to the badger trove, the badger grooming uh -huh. centre, and get some more, or just make do with some squirrel gel? No! No, Martin! What's this? What are you doing, Martin? Oh, Mr. Harry, uh, Mr. Allen said you'd asked me to groom the badgers for the parade, and I've... Um... Mr. Allen, you're getting Mr. Martin to do your chores. I do like the belt section in Burton's. <laughs> it's no problem, Mr. Harry. I love badgers. You take your orders from me, not from Mr. Allen here. Well, that's where you're wrong. Since the new beef guidelines, I've gone freelance. I take orders now from the highest bidet. Sorry, bidder. <laughs> highest, highest bidder. If Mr. Allen here offers me two onions to groom the badgers, I groom the badgers. Two onions? He hasn't got two onions. I've seen his vegetable rack. He's got, he's got barely two carrots and a potato. I, I've got half an onion left over from making cheeseburgers. Anyway, how do you know I haven't got an offshore vegetable rack? <laughs> you know, in which I've got a whole shelf full of lovely onions. Well, have you? No, but that, that's not the point, is it? Well, the fact is, I've had such a slack week since going freelance that I'd do it for half an onion, even if one side is all dry where it's been cut in half and stored in the fridge for ages. Well, I want Alan to do it, and I'm prepared to pay you, Martin Hyde, a quarter of an onion, freshly sliced, not to do it. Hmm. What I'm thinking is what's to stop me from accepting Harry's freshly cut quarter onion not to groom the badgers, and then secretly grooming the badgers and accepting Alan's dry half an onion, making me three quarters of an onion up. Little does Martin know that I just heard what he was saying about accepting Alan's dry half onion. I have no intention of giving him my freshly cut quarter onion. Little does Harry know that I heard what he was saying about not giving me my quarter onion, which means I might as well do the grooming job for Alan's half onion. Little does Martin know that I haven't got half an onion anymore. It's a potato that's been painted up to look like an onion. <laughs> Little does Alan know. Well, I think we get the idea with that. <laughs> and apparently, if you get a black fingernail, when it drops off, just pop it in the post to Eric Clapton. He can use it as a plectrum. <laughs> Eric Clapton, all black fingernails gratefully received. <laughs> now, remember in the 80s, Ian Botham was always on the television going on about how he could only eat two shredded breeds. Hmm? 
Hmm? He could only eat two, he couldn't eat three. Always going on about it. Two was the ceiling of his shredded wheat eating capacity. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but these days he, he hardly ever mentions it, does he? <laughs> He's obviously got bigger things to worry about. <laughs> I'd recognise that sound anywhere. 82, Eyes of Black. It's Nana Hill. <laughs> Son, will you get off me? She does have a powerful kiss, Alan. Well, take a closer look at those lips. Ah! Leeches! <laughs> yes, Harry. Two leeches lie encircling Nana's mouth, painted red, lipstick applied. When her prey is brought close, they attach as only leeches know how and suck the goodness from the mouth. And by association, the brain. <laughs> how are you getting on, Big Bird? Well, I've got a bit of a kickback off my hearing aid last night, Harry. I've told you, Nana, it's two HP fives. You can't just plug it into the mains. <laughs> I've got a 12-foot extension lead and I can hear anything within a 40-mile radius. <laughs> now then, Nan, 82 years old and on your third heart... That Magdi Jakob's got a lovely light touch. <laughs> what have been your magic moments? I've sorted through life's chest of drawers. I rifled through life's great locker. But it didn't seem right when in my bedroom one night, from my wardrobe, jumped young Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> I want to live like common people, cries Jarvis. I said, don't look at me, I've got class. <laughs> I said, and while you're about it, you can get your fat hand off me ass. <laughs> Nana Hill there. So listen, Bert, this little Allen Hill Trust. We'll need a logo. I could do that for you, Harry. It's Finsbury Park. <laughs> Hello, Harry. Uh, you don't know a cure for ants in the pants, do you? My mum said boiling water, but that warmed my pants up into a light pool, Gambaccini. So you think you can come up with a logo, Finsbury? I don't see why not. I've got all the right equipment. Prick stick, scissors, Yahtzee. Yahtzee! Lapwing. Lapwing-a-ring-a-ding-ding. -ding. <laughs> you should get one of those big thermometers that the vicar's got up outside a church that tells you how much money you got. Why can't you just get a bank statement like anybody else? <laughs> you then take the thermometer into a bank, and they cash in all the red stuff for money. Sounds expensive. It's a 48 chop job, big fella. Would you the pork or will you the lamb? Let me see. <laughs> well? Lamb, I think, Howie, because uh, Jesus was a shepherd, wasn't he? He was a carpenter. No wonder his sheep got out. Cheerio! Uh, Finsbury Park there. <laughs> Fancy Cliff Richard insisting on playing the part of Ted Heath in Heath, the musical. <laughs> the story of Ted Heath. He's far too old to play the fresh-faced Peter Pan of politics. Ted Heath, with your big nose and your white hair.
think we get the idea with that. Teddy. Wet paint on the windowsill. While you're at the office, we sexually harass your wife. <laughs> Wait a minute. That libretto for Ted Heath the musical. Ted Heath! What's that yellow antiseptic-like substance? It's, it's not... Yes, so... it is. It's Savlon. <gasps> oh, I'm coming over all... Good evening, I'm Zainab Badawi, and here is the news. Sunglasses distributed in Johannesburg as Nelson Mandela reveals latest shirt. Damien Hirst comes home drunk, nothing in the fridge, eats his entire back catalogue. Good evening, and here is the news. Israeli archaeologists claim to have discovered further commandments. Inscribed on a stone tablet, the 11th commandment apparently reads, Don't start. <laughs> the 12th commandment, Leave it. <laughs> and the 13th, He's not worth it. <laughs> Pat. Other news, the Turin Shroud today announced a change of management. <laughs> In a terse statement, the Shroud said that it was parting with its lifelong manager, the Catholic Church, and going to the United Reformed Church. The Shroud had a run of bad luck in the 80s where a nationwide tour, finishing with 12 nights at the London Palladium, was cancelled <laughs> due to poor audiences. And we've got the Shroud on the line now. Hello. Hello, Sina. It's great to be talking to you. <laughs> Zena, Zena, what kind of a name is that? It sounds like some kind of religious festival. <laughs> you're, you're changing your management. You bet, you bet. Those two-bit guys from the Vatican, Vatican, Schmanikin, they never call. They never call. I had some nice dates lined up for the winner. They forget to book my transport. I'm an old trail. I deserve better. <laughs> that weeping statue, however, always in work. Always earning a beautiful dollar in this town! Much work booked? Oh, I've got some lovely club dates and corporate engagements. Things are finally looking up for the shroud! Say, you still have that Bruce Forsyth over there? Yes. With the chin? Oh, boy, he's a funny guy! Listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you and the lovely English people over there. I hope you can come and see the Turin Shroud when it's in your town. The Turin Shroud there. <laughs> Easily confused with Yogi Bear. <laughs> That's all from me, Zena Badawi. Good night. Mr. Hill, sir. Ah, the little orphan boy. If Mummy loved me, why she no come back? Oh. It's the little orphan boy. Mummy, she used to take me to the fair. Oh, the, little, the poor little orphan boy. I, I do miss my mummy. Oh. <laughs> listen, listen, little orphan boy. Why don't I adopt you and, and make you a home here with me? Well, what's in it for me, eh? I mean, I've got a nice room in the orphanage, you know I? Old bathroom on suite, portable telly, three meals a day, I'm laughing. You try to ruin that for me, you slag you, you try to, you'll be living for my lawyers, you slag! The awful boy! Bad boy, bad boy, in your bed. I don't know, you try and help someone, go on, clear off. 
Well, a lot of people wonder what would the world have been like if Hitler had won? He did only have one, didn't he? Eh? <laughs> Hitler had one, and poor old Goebbels... Yes, thank you, Bert. <laughs> but what I wondered, what would the world be like if Neil Siddhartha had won the Second World War? like that, I suppose. <laughs> and a stork fits perfectly into a suitcase. <laughs> Bit of cotton wool padding either side, drilled two tiny holes for the eyes, <laughs> so that he might enjoy the journey. <laughs> now to look at some of those shows that didn't quite make it onto the airwaves, as we look at some of Radio 4 Light Entertainment's encouraging turndowns. <laughs> those shows that didn't quite make it. <laughs> to the airwaves. <laughs> First up, In at the Deep End, a show where a celebrity who can't swim is pushed into the deep end of a swimming pool. <laughs> this week, Joanna Lumley. <laughs> Next up, Dogs on Top, a quiz show for dogs, by dogs, two dogs. of the stuff delivered every six months off the back of a lorry with a hose pipe. Now so small, the lady can carry it without it spoiling the line of a tight-fitting sleeping bag or marquee. <laughs> and an ostrich, heavily sedated, fits perfectly into a wheelie bin. <laughs> There's no need to cut any holes. He's asleep. remains now is to see how Finsbury Park has got on with that little Alan Hill logo. Do they mean me? They surely do. How did you get on with the logo? I've done it, Owen. And what does it depict? The logo I've designed for the little Alan Hill Trust, a trust fund for the short and useless, is a skull and crossbones. Yes. On a black background and underneath, written in large letters, poison. <laughs> 
How does that promote young Ellen Hill here? Well, it, it would mean people would treat him with all the respect that they would normally reserve for bleach and really strong acids. <laughs> thus increasing his self-esteem. I like it. Hoist the money thermometer. The Ellen Hill Trust is in business. And that's all from the fruit corner. Good night. That was Harry Hill's Fruit Corner, written by and starring Harry Hill, with Bert Kwok, Edna Dore, Al Murray, Martin Hyder, Matt Bradstock, Peter Serafinowicz. Music by Cliff Ranger and the Cliff Ranger Singers, with help from Monty. The producer is Phil Bowker. And now on Radio 4, over to Buckingham Palace for Monarchy in Crisis. Monarchy in Crisis! <laughs> oh my gosh, there's no toilet paper. <laughs> I could have sworn there was an extra roll here. <laughs> Philip, <laughs> you've used all the paper, you swine. <laughs> 